Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. family. Hello, hello. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord and he's in the house. Jesus is in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I say a big welcome to you all and to Jesus and the host of angels. Hallelujah. He comes always with an entourage, right? So he's here with his entourage. Glory to his name. We're going to read Psalm 23, the Psalm of David. We all love this psalm, right? So we're going to put ourselves in it and expect a manifestation as we read the words. Because the word of God is a portal to the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Okay, let's start. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. He prepares a table for us. Are you not excited? The Lord has a table prepared. He didn't prepare the table. He didn't have to cook. Don't bring a pot. Hallelujah. Don't bring a dish. No. The food is already set before you. And his food is a delight. So we're going to enjoy you today, Lord. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we do all things are possible. And you are the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. You are the ancient of days. Who is like unto you? The rock of ages. Our refuge. Our fortress. In all 
our ways. You said we should acknowledge you and you direct our steps. This morning we acknowledge you, Jesus. We honor you, Most High God and Holy Spirit, the most amazing, sweet friend and follow and follow companion. We honor you and we say today, come and be with us. And as we go on to your table today, as the word comes today, as the worship comes today, we are engaging you. We are embracing you. We are entangling with you all that what you have for us today, we will take out unto ourselves and Christ be glorified. Hallelujah. 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 Let's, let's lift our voices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God, we stand before you today with hearts that crave so many different things and we run after them with our time, with our energy. We run after making a name for ourselves. We run after money and we run after fame. We run after productivity. All God in search for the one thing our whole, our soul needs. So today, with one voice, we say, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. And take your place, the center of our hearts, the center of our life, the center of our schedule, the center of our finances, the center of our relationships. And have the preeminence, Jesus. Have the preeminence. We love you, Jesus. The great I am who throwing off his kingship became Emmanuel. We are grateful for your presence. We are grateful for this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's already different for you because we're up here together. We're not doing a marriage thing or a dating thing, so go ahead and calm down. Because um, we all know that the church needs another dating series, correct? Right? So today, um, we're continuing on what we've been talking through. It's a three-week kind of focus. We're taking a break from Mark for three weeks because... A few months ago, while we were in Scotland, we got a message that the space next door was no longer available for us to use, so we had to go into a location search. Not because we're, even on a really full day, there's still some room in here, but our kids' ministry is in a really tight spot, and some of the rooms were taken away. So we went into a season of prayer and fasting this month that God would lead us to not build a man-made kingdom that has an awesome facility, but that he has a place for us that we can just pray into and believe he's going to lead us to. So that's exciting for us. So last week we had a prayer Sunday, which was, it was awkward for some people in a good way, I think. Um, we broke into different groups and prayed. This week, the biggest question I've been struggling through as we talked about this is, why does a local church even exist and is it valid? So I think I'm here and pastoring it together, we're pastoring it because we believe that. But I think if you're honest with yourself and other people, when you start answering that question, I think some people land on, I've kind of always done this, or are at a spot where they're really asking that question and maybe don't feel like there's space to ask it. There's some valid reasons why Sunday services are not beneficial right now. There's some valid things that are happening that are not truly embodying what Christ came to do. 
And this is not going to be a day where we throw stones at other churches. This is a day where we try and extract and talk to you guys about why we believe that this is what Jesus came for. And so we're going to spend some time kind of together. Um, we never we never really click on all cylinders when we do this together. It's always a little awkward. It's going to be awkward for y'all. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. Amen. Come here. All right. So we're going to talk about dating today. Um, okay, so I'm going to pray. Father, we just, this is the body of Christ. This is what you died for, the people in this room, God. And it could, it could matter not how attractive this table is, what graphics we have on a screen, and how promotionally minded we were when we set out to do this. That could matter none compared to the individual members that consolidated make this beautiful body which your spirit indwells in the midst of. And that's what your spirit does. It dwells in the midst of us, not just in one of us. There is no superstar in this room. There's only you, Jesus, and then us. And when we are together, united, loving people well, and not making it about something else, we truly are the church for Smyrna and Georgia and to the ends of the earth. So today as we talk about this, God, I pray you would go ahead and stir questions in these guys that that they need answers to that you would stir thoughts about why they're even in a seat right now and what it means to be in a seat, truly. Because we think it's more than just coming here, right? What does that mean? So today, just guide us, Father. In your name, we pray. Amen. So we're going to start by this. I'm just going to ask Sarah a couple of her favorite things about church, and she's going to tell you. Um, I guess I'll, in this current season, um, probably since River City season, um, the reason I have loved the community of faith um, is because when I have struggled with my faith, I have been encouraged by this community. So um, it's realistic that at any point in our faith journey, things will shift and we will either have doubts or we'll have questions or we'll have even despair or discouragement. Um, and so for me, I have felt the presence of God most fully in the community of faith. Um, If I think of my most powerful um, experiences with the presence of God, it has been in the community. Um, So I think that that's probably my most treasured part about the body of Christ. Um, I'm just going to answer. For me, it's easy to think about this because I think since we started the church, the living in love, which is that, it sounds like a love song, like, um, but when I see people that shouldn't be together, together, Republican, Democrat, um, North, South, Yankee, Brave, um, all the other real ones that are real divisions within America and the world, when I see those people come together and center their lives around Jesus, and it doesn't matter, rich, poor, and there's a, there's a true, genuine koinonia kind of there's nothing that my heart celebrates more than that. There's not, there's not been a worship service. There's not been a prayer day. There's not been a service outreach project. When I see that happen, I feel my heart leap like Christ is really in it more than anything that I see. More than any great speaker, more than any great worship song. When a person that shouldn't love another person actually makes space and listens and creates a dialogue to say, you matter to me, even though I have all these thoughts, you matter, and I'm gonna, we're going to gather around this table together. That makes me want to weep. Like, that, just, that just makes me want to weep. 
every time I see it, and I see it in this room a lot. So the first, for the first time in my life at this church, I think God is bringing that to fruition and making our church diverse. And of course, we're not extremely diverse. We're learning how to be diverse, but I think that's it for me. And then also that Sarah had a season recently of doubt and struggle as a pastor, and she didn't feel like she had to hide it or lie about it, but brought it to community and was like, this is what I was walking through. And people were like, cool, let's make space for that. And we're pastors. So, um, isn't that awesome? <laughs> so, all right. So Hebrews 10, 22 through 25, I'm going to just read you this real quick. You can follow along the screens. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. And just Another word for that stir is spur, and it actually is meant in this setting to be kind of a jolting word. It, it doesn't actually fit grammatically and correctly into that without looking at it and it being like, ah. Oh. So it's the kind of thing, almost like the spur of a, like if you're riding a horse like we're probably going to do soon, and you actually use your spur, and it like kicks the horse, it, that's pretty terrible. So enjoy community. <laughs> but it's meant to be jolting in a way that isn't super comfortable. And I think, I want to I highlight that because I think we're going to talk in a minute about how a lot of church cultures have set up really comfortable environments to keep you in your lane so that the person next to you, you've even heard, you know, just block out the person next to you. That's just not a biblical way to do church. And so I think community is kind of like, oh, that means I got to listen to this guy tell me his story don't want to do that it's like you're getting kicked right like so anyway take that with you and and hate me for it um, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near and so a lot of people are asking the question why is it worth my time my energy my life my money to be a part of a community. So Relevant Magazine did a, a recent, they do a lot of really good articles, but they did a recent article that talked about you can basically receive 95% of the Christian faith on your couch. You can listen to a good sermon. In fact, let me just read you this really quick. Our phones have replaced churches. Messages from the best preachers in the world are at your fingertips, and you can personally select messages that in is most relevant to your life right now instead of whatever the pastor happens to be preaching that Sunday. Or if you prefer a Sunday morning experience, you can live stream an entire service of many churches without leaving your living room. You can open Spotify and listen to worship songs you actually enjoy without needing to tolerate a mediocre band or suffer through songs you don't like that the worship leader has picked out that week. You can even give generously right on your couch. You donate to a church, to a missionary in a developing country, or to a local nonprofit that saves girls from sex trafficking in your city. So is church attendance still necessary? Is the church still necessary? If church is nothing more than singing songs and hearing a sermon, there are far more efficient ways to do that. And there really are far more efficient ways to do that. Why are we hanging on to the Sunday gathering like it's a magic bean we can experience it on our phones. If I stopped right there, not be would not be good for me to do that. On the other hand, 
if church is more than a sermon and a few songs, is that being clearly communicated by most local churches? So I'll just tell you instantly, this is why we planted a church. That statement is why we planted a church. And I come from megachurch culture. I grew up in Georgia's largest, largest megachurch. I was a youth pastor over a ministry, and the, one of the main themes in the context was we are going to be a megachurch. Actually, one of our big vision statements, become a megachurch. And people talk about how sometimes it's like, it sounds like you're throwing stones at something. I don't necessarily think I'm throwing stones at something, but I would want to have a dialogue about true biblical discipleship in that context, true biblical spiritual formation in that context, and the audience participation, the audience over participation. Are we creating an audience or are we asking people to participate? So for me and my wife, we planted this church for that very reason, that we would be a part of a participation where all of us were a part of the body of Christ, like 1 Corinthians 12 says, and we would all come to the table with our gifts and resources and our ears, and we would know that we're all part of the body. That's to me what it is. So, so this is, a, I think this is maybe my revelation for this week. I was trying to figure out how to share this with a church that's already here in a lot. And this is the beautiful thing about the, the place the church is in, is a lot of really unique small communities are cropping up with really strong purpose and really great connection. And it's a, as a kind of a response to what we've seen happen over the past 30 years, which is create these environments with the most dynamic speakers and a beautiful concert experience. So the retort to that has been really thoughtful young churches and even some reestablished churches that have been around forever that really are asking questions like, why, why do people even come to the church? Instead of trying to do another thing or another sermon series that's just a little better, right? Like, I've had enough of church at the movies. I've had enough of all of these clever, cliche ways to, to piggyback our culture, to draw you in, to appease you, to make you feel as though you're being entertained and keep you at a distance from the gospel. We are, we are done with that. And so we're asking people on a journey with us continually, not to find just a location, but to be the living body of Christ where you actually play just a bigger part of it than I play. And, that, and that, that you're jolted by this or you're spurred when you come into contact with this. It's a good thing. You should feel like something is being challenged in you. You should feel like this is too much for me to offer. We're not asking to abuse anyone, but you all have a seat at the table. It's like that you're all a family or come from a family or a part of a family or have a guardian. or It's like having dinner every night and having a child come down from their room and eat dinner and go back up. And treating dinner like it's the place of nutrients. The dinner, if I sat down in front of my kids and was like, to dinner tonight is about nutrients. You make sure you're here at 5.30. We're going to give you the nutrients you need, and then you head back up to your room. Dinner's about being with your family and the intricacies of knowing about Alethea's day and Noah's day and the intricacies of them bringing it up in community and being like, whoa, you said that to your friend at school? Are you kidding me? You probably, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> or you got celebrated today, Noah, for I went to Noah's school on Friday, and he's like, He's grading out as a fifth grader in math. And the kids were like, look on the screen. There's Noah's name. And I was like, what is your name on the screen for, buddy? My, if my name were on the screen when I was younger, it would have not been for that. I, and he's like, oh, daddy, I'm, I'm the second rated math something in school. I'm like, what, buddy? 
you're awesome. You're better than all these kids. I did not say that. But, but at the dinner table, what happens is family life. It's identity. It's participation. It's clean your stinking plate up, dude. I, we made it. You clean it up, right? I don't know what you think this is, but get off your and clean up your plate. At a family dinner, things happen that are formed. It's not just about nutrients. It's not just about what do we need to make sure he's eating today that his body. And this is shocking and scary because church has literally become about your specific nutrients. It's become about making sure you receive the truth. And I'm not saying truth is bad. So theology, doctrinal person, please don't email me that I'm not saying that. I'm saying if it's just truth and you're doing it on your couch and you can do it outside of community, you're not really having church. You're not really having church. It's not meant for that context. Just like a meal is not meant just for you to get your vitamins stuffs that she does a good job with. So what is it, right? If the church is a family, there are orphans all over our cities. And we don't need another ministry that's like River City International, right? Like, what about just River City Smyrna, where there's just these people that need just real Jesus, that really need discipleship and really need to be formed in community? There are orphans spiritually everywhere you look that have no place to sit with people at a table and talk through how stupid what they did that day was. There are relational orphans. There are actual orphans all over our cities, and they're not longing just for another nugget or nutrient morsel They're longing for a family to sit around with them, and they don't know how to put it into words. So Jesus was onto something when he talked about the local community and local bodies, and Sarah's going to get into this part. That's why he started with local communities. I imagine if you can point to any good significant movement, revival, or anything, somewhere around that is a community that has become a bed for relational growth. For togetherness. That's why they all had everything in common before all the crazy stuff happened in Acts. They were already gathering in unity. And then on the, bed of, on the, on the end of that, Jesus did crazy things, right? So, for us, um, this is a big deal. Can you pull up Ephesians 2.19? We did a series on Ephesians a year and a half ago. You could look at it. Um, or you could just listen to this one verse. <laughs> so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're a family member, right? You're a family member. You are not just an audience member. You are not, I just want to speak that over you. It's been told to you, not even through words, but just the way that we present it to you. You are not just here to hear in an auditory form what you need for your spirituality. You are a part of a family, you are a family, you are a brother, a sister, a spiritual father, a spiritual son, a spiritual mother. All of you in this room are that. That's you. And your brothers and sisters need you at the table. When Nava is throwing food at us, when Nava is freaking out, it's awesome for us to hear Noah say, Nava, stop. They're feeding you. You're being a moron. I hate you. That's when you have to be like, no, that's the dad. So no, you don't hate her. You're just mad about what's happening. That's family. Family. So we're inviting people to a table. So Relevant Magazine also said, I don't usually, I've never quoted Relevant Magazine before. So if this is your first time, this, it's not what happens. I just enjoyed this article. So it's not people's fault that they're coming to a, an auditory spectacle. It's not. They don't even know, really. They have to be reminded. 
we have to remind people why it's important that this is important. And it's not just about millennials. It's not, right? So like it's a value system to older people. If you're like me and 40 or older, it's a part of your values to be a part of this. It just comes naturally for you. For, for people younger than that or millennials, they look for the why behind everything. They need to know. And that's a good thing. They're asking questions that we didn't think to ask. And they need answers, and we actually need answers too. We just need to be able to talk about it. But this is where it happens in this setting, not just Sunday morning, but all throughout your week. So we have to remind people that the local body is important. I understand that you were a part of a community and there were idiots leading it. I totally understand that, right? But it's like saying church isn't important and family's not important because there was a dad in this other family that was terrible. Is family important? Is it replaceable? No. In some way or another, everyone is looking for it and they need it. Church is just like that. And we all have a thing we can point to and say, that was awful. I've sat around rooms of people leading other leaders saying, your goal for the next year is that you double the size of whatever you're leading and wanting to throw up in my mouth. Does that mean the church is not valid? No. It means that something in me is forming in that process and saying, listen to, to the inner you saying there's something more than that. Listening to churches that give $1,000 wardrobe credits for people. I'm thinking about implying that. I'm thinking about seeing if you guys are cool with that. No, I'm not. But think about that. Like something in me forms. What does money need to be spent on? Knowing that almost all the churches do big, huge building campaigns to build a massive structure and have no ability to help people in need. Something in us goes, that doesn't sound right. Something is forming in us. I think it's a call back to the true gospel. What is it really about? It's about family. And to be a family member, you really literally just have to sit around the table with people, make space and listen, give input, receive input, love people well, show up at things, and be a part. Does that make sense? I didn't plan any of this. So why is it worth being a part? Well, if it's performative, it's not worth being a part. And if, if you really are looking for that and, you're, and theologically you're like, that's what I'm about, I, I, I want to let you off the hook. There's better ways to do that. There are monumental large worship bands and speakers who have developed messages that are just amazing, like awesome, like way better than what I'm doing. And I believe God has called me to do this and specific to this community, and I feel confident with that. But if it's participatory, it's worth showing up for. Last week when we separated you into prayer groups and you had to interact with other Christian humans, <laughs> that was jolting, and that is the body of Christ. If it's about participating, it will always be worth showing up because this is going to develop more and more, and there's going to be more holograms popping up. There's going to be hologram churches. You're going to show up in the hologram be like, checking in in my seat in my hologram. That's okay. But this can only happen in person. Smelling your... That doesn't happen on your couch, right? Maybe that's why people sit on couches. Figurative and literal. So, yeah, figurative and literal. So, <laughs> participation, right? So, when we, do, when we do the Eucharist or the communion, and we, we look at you and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Or when you say, I have the strongest desire to receive prayer or to pray for someone. Or when you see someone walk by you that is crying and your heart says, I need to interact. Or if you see someone with a need and you can come into contact, that is the body of Christ. 
That is it. Listen, that is it. That is what he's coming back for. That is what he's trying to build. That you would make space for your neighbor. That you would do that. And it's not even about inviting people to our church, even though I, God, I want so God to do so many amazing things for our church. I see like so many strong visions for our church. More than anything, I want you to love your neighbor the way that he loved you. Because it will speak such a stronger gospel than a message. But don't hear me say that this is important. It is. This is an important gathering. Being here together is important. So there's a, one of my favorite places to, to study is a place called Homeboy Industries in California. And it's a guy named Father Greg Boyle. And he does work with gangs. And he had this ministry set that he was going to stop the gang violence. So he planted his parish within the midst of it. And he started these all-out frontal attacks against gang-on-gang violence. So he would try and gather them together. And when he gathered them together, he would say, we need to come to a truce. And every time he would gather them together, there would be a gang fight. Because he thought the problem was the fighting. The problem was not the fighting. He learned after 10 years the problem was belonging. And every gang member had never had a home or a place to belong or a table to sit at. So he figured out if he stopped making it about fixing what's broken, the wrong thing, and make it about something else. So he formed Homeboy Industries, which is a ministry that helps people make food together. It's a literal ministry where people, like dudes, cook together. And he started inviting gang members to cook food together, and all the fighting stopped. Rival gangs gathered around in kitchens and started having some kind of value together, forming something for others, and the violence stopped. Participation. It wasn't content anymore. It was participation. Stopped gang violence. Not all of it, but they call each other brother. They hug each other. They live with each other. The ministry is thriving, and it's happening because they're gathering around participation. That, to me, is the body of Christ. You all are like little gang members. <laughs> if you're an actual gang member and you're here, forgive me. I'm not trying to lessen your plight. Um, but we all come with that, right? Like, what can I fix in them? Or that, that person doesn't. But when we gather around the same, and Jesus' mode and method was the body of Christ. And that's why it's so important to not have one all-star in a group, or two all-stars, or three really polished people that seem too hard to, to get close to. That's why it's important for you to hear that a pastor literally struggled with her doubt and her faith a year ago and had a place to walk through it. This is the body of Christ. And if that's too much for you to handle... I can point you to really good messages uh, online that would talk to you about dating. So, I'm sorry. So anyway, um, so I want to let Shara, so th this to me, participation and gathering, are there, and gathering is, ever, I, I believe it's important. I believe if you're a mom of kids, it's hard to get here, I know, and it's, hard, it's easy for a dad to say that because dads do less than the moms. Um, if you're older and you wonder, is it worth it? If you're a millennial and you're thinking, it's not exciting every Sunday or there's another uh, festival in town. Because millennials love festivals. Um, choosing to be a part of the body is really big. It's really important. But there's a deeper reason why, and I want to let Sarah share a little bit of that. So, so um, I love thinking through the why. Um, that's something my mind really likes to do. Like before you can tell me how and what and when I need to know why. Um, so as we've been thinking about the trajectory of this vision and this church, 
Um, and as much as we've tried to discern our culture and see how our culture is moving as far as Christianity and faith communities, it has brought us back to, well, why do we even do this? And so for me, I need to look at it from multiple perspectives. So I need to look at it from sort of a biological, sociological, anthropological, whatever you want to call it, theological. So I need to look at like the whole person and say, why? Like, why is this worth it? Um, so there's this researcher, her name is Susan Pinker, and she has done research um, on human interaction. And so she has pointed out that, um, you know, as human interaction has evolved, that we have gone from like person to person, like looking at you, being able to even now, like read your eye contact, know who's bored out of their mind, who is loving it. Like we go from this, right, to us and our screens. So think about how many times you're out in the world. Well, people aren't looking at each other anymore. They're all looking down. Have you ever been somewhere and you're like, no one is looking at each other. Everyone is just looking down at their phones. So there's this shift happening in our culture, and it's affecting our faith communities, which is what Josh was talking about, and it really can have a detrimental effect on us and our health. So I want to sort of start from this physical, anthrop I don't even know how to say this, anthropological, that's it, physical, anthropological. So the research says there's no substitute for face-to-face -face interactions. In fact, true community will, listen to this, bolster your immune system, Send positive hormones surging through your bloodstream and brain to help you live longer, okay? Um, neglecting to keep in close contact with people is as dangerous to your health as a pack a day of cigarettes, hypertension, or obesity. So finding and building your village is literally a matter of life and death. So if you want to argue and take God totally out of it, you need community. Absolutely, you need community. Okay, so um, now what's beautiful about that research is that it becomes, it, it actually comes from the doctrine of the Imago Dei. So Imago Dei means we are created in the image of God, right? We see this in the Genesis narrative, that, that human beings were made in God's image. Part of the Imago Dei doctrine is that we were made to be in community because the triune God is in community. So you have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, if we are made in the image of God, even our biology will say, you need to be in community, right? So, so physically, we are wired to do life with people. The other thing I've realized in sort of researching this is that you cannot actually determine yourself without the other, so the only way you can, the self-determination happens in context of another. So think if there, if there was just, well, just you, you would never know who you were because you had no mirror, you had no reflection of who you should be. So just the reality of how we're created is we have to have another to discover who I am, who I am as a created person of, that got created. Um, okay, so, um, but now I do want to pull in the biblical narrative. All right, so in the biblical narrative, God has always had his people, okay? Think of Adam and Eve. Then you have the Old Testament. God establishes this love covenant relationship with the Israelites, and this becomes the model 
of God and human interaction. This becomes the model and the evidence of the love of God. This becomes the evidence of God literally shaking off and stooping to our our level, leveraging his power, his authority for the sake of human beings. Okay, we see that in the love relationship with Israel. Then you move on to the New Testament. The idea of the church was actually first mentioned by Jesus himself in Matthew 16, 18. When he says, on this rock I will build my church. Now that, then when he used that word church, it's a Greek word, it's ecclesia, and it means called out group. And that's the first time that word was used in the context of a faith community. Because before that was, that could have been anything. In, the, in the, that society's called out group could have been a council. So you could have said, this, this church is meeting to discuss this issue. So Jesus was the first one to take that language and, and redefine it in spiritual terms. Okay, so today, modern terms, the church has a dual meaning. So it means those who have been called out to Jesus Christ, a local congregation of Christians, and never a building. Okay, so we have... We have um, added more onto that definition than, than should be, but church is never to be a building. It is also the universal church. So if you're, you like scripture, here's some scriptures for you. This is defined in Ephesians 1, 22 through 23, Matthew 16, 18, Ephesians 5, 24 through 25, and Hebrews 12, 23. All define this universal church, Okay. So A.H. Strong says that the local church is defined as that smaller company of regenerate persons who, in any given community, unite themselves voluntarily together in accordance with Christ's laws for the purpose of securing the complete establishment of his kingdom in themselves and in the world. I feel like that's such a good summary. All right, so why does the church exist? In the same way that Israel revealed the love relationship between God and people, the body of Christ reveals Christ. So in the same way that the Son came and revealed the Father, we reveal the Son. Okay? So the purpose of the body of Christ is to reveal Jesus. That is why we exist. right? Ephesians 1, 23 Actually, this is 22 and 23. I didn't tell Bill that, so this is my fault, but I'm going to read 22. All right, God put everything under Christ's feet and made him head of everything in the church, which is his body. His body, the church, is the fullness of Christ who fills everything in every way. Fullness is like complete picture. So we are to be the complete picture of who Jesus is. That is the purpose of the church. Now, members of the church are to have an intimate relationship with each other. Okay, you can't do that by having this like made-to-order spirituality that takes out interaction. You just can't. So 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So now you see this unity, what affects you affects me, affects me, affects you. That's intimate relationship. That's past. You just come on a Sunday and you listen to us. Like that's, this is a way different ball game. Like I should know what's affecting you and be deeply moved by that. All right. 
Christians were to be servants. This is, again, about the body of Christ, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of both believers and unbelievers. Galatians 6.10. So then, let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. Okay, so by following the example of and revealing Christ, we also become the agent of social justice. So we do become the home for the physical and spiritual orphan. We should be clothing those who have no clothes and feeding those who have no food, right? That becomes the mission of the church. Because who did Jesus sit down and at the table with? Whoever Jesus sat at the table with, the body of Christ should sit at the table with. That, that, is, that is what we do. That is who we are. Okay? And so we exist for this reason. So River City Church exists to reveal Christ to Smyrna. That's why we're here. And as we do that, I am made, the kingdom is beginning to reside in me as I interact with you. And as you mirror me, I see what in me needs renewal, right? I only know that with you. I only know when I sit down with you and like something starts to press my button and instead of blaming it on you, I just look at myself and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you revealing? That's the kingdom beginning to reside in me. And then as we are transformed, we look for the kingdom to reside out there, right? That only happens when we are face-to-face doing life together. So good. So a, a couple things, and then we're going to do, um, we're going to read the Apostles' Creed together. Again, a thing you can't do alone, and we're going to take communion together. But I just want to say, so even beyond that, the local church. So a case for the church being important, yes. A case for a local church, because I know one thing that people do is they're like, well, I kind of am a part here, and I'm a part there, and I kind of like that, and this is good, and there's usually this guy that comes in here. I would challenge that with every part of me, that what you offer to one community will be much more valuable than what you have spread over five or six. And why I say that is because we have a lady in our church who is literally passing away right now. And walking with her in community and being available to her is the body, it's the job of the body. We have things that need to be interacted with that don't happen when you spread yourself over eight movements. You need invested. You need to invest yourself. And I I would make a case for River City Church because I love it, but that's apparent because I planted the church and I'm here, right? Like, I don't need to say any more about that. I would love for you to be a part of this. But even more than that, be a part of something to where you are actually a part. Don't just show up at dinners, get some food, and then go back to your bedroom, that's not, that's not good for you or the body. There is a person in here that, that could be sitting with Sarah Luke right now, right, who showed up to our 40th birthday party last night, couldn't get out of the car because she's so sick. We walk over to her. She represents more of the body of Christ than I've ever seen any person ever, ever in my life. But there are people in this room. If you would just invest, move past those walls, forgive old families, Get past the churches who have done it wrong. Of course they have. Just like dads have done it wrong and moms have done it wrong, family is still beautiful. And when it's done well, it's, it's the best thing. It is the best thing. 
and with church and local church. And I will make a plea for River City Church. Invest yourself. Don't sit on the... I don't want to be mean. I'm going to be mean. When Jen Pinto stands up and says that, we should be turning people away. We should have to say, sit down. Wait your turn. There are too many people serving. We should look at that very closely. Because that is the body of Christ. And if we're doing too much and spreading people too thin, we should look at that too. That's on us. And we need to listen. Because people do that. But we should have a culture where we say, my brother and sister will not struggle through this. And if your schedule is too busy for that, you're doing life wrong. You're not helping yourself and you're not going where you think you're going. If you haven't created space for your Jesus and your family and God, you're not going to end up in a healthy spot. And it's not benefiting the organization you're in, the people group you're in. You're just harming yourself. He even, as creator, had a whole day set aside for rest. But I'm asking you guys to come to the table with us. Pull up a seat. Plug! Chair, by the way, that's what that word is. Pull up a seat to the table. With giving, too. Nobody wants to talk about giving. Like, we don't ever preach about giving. Pull up a seat. You better believe we need you. There's a guy in a sound booth that's a part-time worker. Everybody here is part-time, like doing more than they should be doing. <laughs> we need to honor people well. Y'all believe that? I'm not getting any raises. I make a million dollars even a year. <laughs> and my plane, a commitment I have to a plane that I'm going to get. Sorry. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm not getting any planes, okay? I got a bike, and it's a good one. Um, I'm sorry. Forgive me. This is part of me, though, like... I say things I shouldn't say, and I'm, but I fight for the body of Christ because I truly believe that in 30 years, it will be what's here and making a difference. Communities, it's not going to be better videos. It's not going to be more established content. It's not going to be another 12-step discipleship program. It's going to be a grandmother with some millennial or whatever that is then, and another person, and somebody's helping somebody's kids, and they're gathered around singing a hymn that was written by Bethel, because that'll be a hymn then. And they're all doing it together, and the body of Christ will continue. And it's gotten to us in ways. It got through the Crusades. It got through some crazy stuff. got through building massive cathedrals. And it's here. It's in our laps. We are the body of Christ. And our faithfulness to it is being a part of this family and owning it. This is our role. This is our time. And if you don't believe, he put you here in this time. You were born because he decided you should be born. And he put you where you're at. And now you're standing here in a community and God is saying, will you come to the table? You have gifts. You have things. You can be a part. Don't be the college kid that doesn't bring anything to the dinner. It's like, I'm eating all your food and I'm outie. Like every college kid. God is trying to grow you. He's trying to grow you. Don't talk about giftings when you're not inserted in anything. Don't look forward to what stage you'll be on if you don't know how to be in a seat next to someone. This is all important. We have too many ministries built around one person's personality who has no idea how to serve. We need to serve one another, love one another, be available for one another all the time. If it were easy, is family easy? If it were easy, it's not easy. There's no shortcuts. It's togetherness. It's knowing people. It's hearing someone that's a Republican when you're a Democrat and being like, that sounded dumb, but I'm going to listen. It's hearing a Democrat when you're a Republican sounding. That does not even line up with anything I believe, but I'm going to listen to why this person's saying that. Tell me what you think. 
this is the body of Christ. It's you doubting that Jesus lives and died and being able to bring that to this table and say, I'm just being honest with you right now. I don't even believe this is real. and I'm not even sure why I keep coming, but I keep coming. This is strange. It's you finally realizing that forgiveness was for you and having people to share that with. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, thank you so much. So here's your challenge or closing. For RCC, we need your participation. And one way we're going to ask you to do that is there's another note card this week for you which has implications of you writing on it. Do you have a question that's stirred through this? And it can be a crazy question, a pointed question, a scary question. It can be a mean question. Yeah, we just, well, we give those to Jordan. Ask questions, real ones, about the local church. Ask the ones that are really inside of you. Don't just tell me the things that you think I want to hear. We, we're going to answer some of those next week, the, the good ones. The bad ones we're just going to throw away. So. We're going to have a big bonfire at staff meeting. But before we do that, um, Sarah is going to lead us in communion moment. I'm going to read the Apostles' Creed. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do something in you right now. So close your eyes for me. So I, I believe personally the Holy Spirit is Jesus' gift to us after he left, after dying. And he promised it to his disciples. And then all throughout the New Testament, it's mentioned as things like the helper, the counselor, guidance, peace. The, the fruit of the Spirit are all those beautiful things you learned when you were in kids' school at church. Just all those beautiful love, peace, patience. kind of, And connected to the fruit of the Spirit is the gifts of the Spirit, which is the way. It's not a gift for you. It's a gift through you to the community. These beautiful things, things that are crazy and cool and weird and dynamic and fascinating. All of these things are for us, the body, right? So let's give some space to the Holy Spirit who we're promised that we can hear the voice of our Father as his, as his community. Let him speak to you. And I'm going to guide you in this. Jesus, for each of these people in each of these seats, what kind of drawing are you doing in them? specifically related to the local church community and what implications that have for them. Is he asking you to walk into something more deeply? I personally believe that's happening even without this, but I'm asking the Holy Spirit to say to you specifically in the way that you hear, because he is a creative, loving father and speaks in ways that we are so clueless to know that he's already doing that, and then we realize that it becomes the life. So Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, draw people in. What are you saying? What do they have to offer? I, I prayed this week and believe this is true, that somebody in here still believes the lies of a poor family, an actual family where things were spoken about you that challenged your worth. In fact, didn't just challenge your worth, but destroyed your worth, where you believe you were worthless. You were abused and hurt and harmed. Jesus is not involved in that. He was with you, but he did not do that, and he wants you to know that he wants restoration for you, redemption for you. So when he's asking you into this family it's not that family. This family is a beautiful family, this family of God. It looks like dying for someone else when they need that. It looks like if someone needs water, you give it. It looks like all the needs of the community were met and everyone was in awe. It looks like miracles happening in the midst. It looks like a place of peace. It feels specifically like the kingdom feels specifically like peace, joy, and righteousness. It's tangible peace and joy. It's walking in and knowing, I can take my shoes off. I'm at home. You're so longing for that. You're so longing for that. 
And he's trying to release you from being a performance all-star. Be freed from that wrong theology that you are going to attack the world with your gift. It's not from Jesus. His gift is, I, I came to not even be served, but to serve. His gift is, I'm, I'm going to die on a cross for all of you. So Jesus, bring that koinonia, ecclesia, community around your table. Thank you that you bring your spirit. Let him speak to you right now. I'm going to give you just a minute. If your mind starts to wander, recenter it. Jesus, what are you saying to me specifically right now? Jesus, we thank you for your body and your blood it was broken and shed for us. No greater love has a person than this than he would lay down his life for his friends. And we are reminded that you have not called us slaves, but you have called us friend. And as we take this today, we are reminded of our friendship with you and our friendship in this broad body of Christ, where we have different backgrounds and different skin color and different beliefs sometimes. But we gather around a table, this equalizing table where we are all one and we are built up into you. Bless this time at the table in Jesus' name. Father God, you are good. You always are. You never cease to amaze us. Thank you that your spirit lives in this body. Thank you that we can link arms with one another. Thank you that we're not alone. We have a place to belong and be accepted. Thank you for family. And so God, help us to put aside ourselves and engage you engage each other. And God, give people confidence today and this week to engage and participate with one another. We give you all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.